0: I'll be honest with you. Rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Takovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Takovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offered a boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacova's.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west as a special opportunity for our listeners. Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas only at Tacovas.com.
1: My friend. Mm-hmm. Do you remember about 3 years ago there was really just one super off-road capable heavy-duty truck from the factory.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was about 3 years ago maybe, and that was Is that pow- really 3 years ago or maybe was like 4? I think it was closer to 4 years ago. Okay. And that was the that was the Ram Power Wagon.
1: Yes. But now we have a full Full segment of heavy duty off roaders. And I mean from the factory because the fourth Super Duty arrived Mm -hmm. uh, with a tremor package. Right. And then now we have General Motors jumping in with both feet. That's right. Now, you may
0: be saying right now, hey, wait a minute, there were off-road capable heavy-duty pickup trucks before, and you'd be absolutely right. But what we're talking about is a step above that. If you look at the Power Wagon and just use that as the ruler, you know, as the benchmark, then you're talking about a vehicle that has front and rear lockers. It has, I believe, four-tenths front and rear. It is pretty powerful. It's beefy. It has an off-road suspension, really, well, fairly beefy tires. And its capability is way above what a regular 4x4 heavy-duty truck would be. So I think they sort of established that market, and they held it on their own for years and years. And then Ford came along.
1: Yes. And, of course, we're not talking about the history, like you said. Yeah. On this episode of TFL Talking Trucks podcast, we're talking about the most modern ones. That's we're right. not going to be talking about Ford Highboys. Nope. We're not talk- going to be talking about the Second World War and how Power Wagon helped. Hey, what about
0: that Kaiser? That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah well, we're not going to go there.
1: This is not a show about th- those. No, uh, we're vehicles, not going to go there. Unfortunately. But fortunately, we have all the numbers now, pretty much everything, mm-hmm. all the specs on the latest trucks. So uh, let's focus a little bit more on the Chevrolet Silverado heavy duty. Because that's the newest player. ZR2, and also the Sierra 84X heavy duty. Okay. Gosh, that's, those are long names, dude.
0: They are, but hey, maybe before we get
1: really deep into this, should we talk to our Patreons or at least acknowledge them? Thank you. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you guys continue to support us in a huge way. Patreon.com slash car is our only page Ew. for TFL Studios. Um, I believe uh, we didn't talk about this uh, one Uh, Just recently, we had Keith and Thomas Benefield uh, support us on Patreon.com. So Uh, thank you, guys. Really
0: appreciate it. Without your support, we cannot do what we are doing right now.
1: Yes. So that's huge. And we also have, if we have a couple more comments or questions, we'll go over that in this show. Yes, gotcha. So uh, I was actually in Las Vegas when General Motors was very kind, and they actually had a... Uh, pre-production, early build of the Silverado heavy-duty ZR2 bison. So the bison, they're teamed up with AEV, mm-hmm. um, American Expedition Vehicles. And they used to have just one uh, mid-sized bison. Right, which is the Colorado. And now they have three bisons. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole stampede. Well, would it, you'd still call it bison, plural. B- bison? Bisons? We, we could just call them Tatanka. And by the way, we're in Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. and I'm, um, uh, my alma mater is the Colorado Buffaloes.
0: That's right, and my daughters too, which uh-huh. is weird, but whatever. Um, so yes, what General Motors decided to do was they took it up a notch from just building a heavy-duty off-road capable vehicle, and they went to the Premier Outfitter. And I'm not saying that because they're paying us, because they're not. AEV is one of the top providers of armor and components for off-roading, and they're used throughout the industry. But what's interesting here is that General Motors had a, a little bit of a contract with them, with the Colorado, and now that has expanded. And as such, they've made their trucks burlier, but not necessarily better, in certain ways and we'll go over that in a second
1: and by the way we haven't driven the new silverado heavy duty bison not the bison no or the 84x right um, sierra heavy duty Mm -hmm. um, and av edition of that truck but we we can go over the specs because i want to see how they compare yes so uh, which is which is quite important and while we're
0: doing that we should also mention there is an elephant in the room you may be wondering about ford and ford indeed is right there with him as a matter of fact Ford came back with an answer that nobody was expecting. This is before these AEV vehicles that we're talking about. And when they introduced the trimmer, they gave you two engine options, which is something Ram wasn't doing. You could get a diesel and you could also get a 7.3 liter gas engine, which is what we did uh, when we kind of built our own version of a trimmer.
1: Yeah, totally, and I I think Ford had RAM in its in its sights without so, a doubt when the Tremor came out. Yeah, and it became a hugely popular truck for their heavy duty lineup. Agreed, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because we live in Colorado, but I see Tremor Super Duties everywhere. I see an awful lot of a- them yeah. on every corner. Well, this
0: is properly truck country.
1: Yeah, totally. So uh, so let's talk about tires a little bit because the Ram Power Wagon has had the Wrangler Duratrack Goodyear. Uh, for several years, mm-hmm. uh, but one of our complaints, and I think you would agree with me, is the tire was a little bit too small. And in, still in is. every dimension, yes, um, it's a thirty-three. Basically, they call it, mm-hmm. but it's a two eighty-five seventy R seventeen. It's about eleven point two inches wide. Yep, it's okay.
0: No, no, no. It needs to be over a foot wide, and it needs to be like a thirty-five or a thirty-seven. Sorry. R- just, Ram, he,
1: are, you, are you listening, Ram?
0: They they know exactly what my problems are with them. I mean, I would believe me. But you coined the term power wagon don't care. It doesn't care because it is so bloody capable. Having the ability to have a solid front axle that is really good at articulation because you could disconnect the sway bar yes. means that even though that tire is woefully too small, it still grabs and goes and you can bash the crap out of it. It can take it. So that's why I said it and I still maintain that. However, and it,
1: and it has skid plates too. To, it does, su- to support. Oh, that. there's armor underneath. Yeah, yeah.
0: And the power wagon it, the, it, what's interesting is that you can get a full-blown power wagon or you can opt for a more of a work truck and save a lot of dough and get a lot of the power wagon components with it without all the glitz and everything else. And yes, you will save a lot of money.
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically a Ram 2500 Tradesman, mm-hmm. which is a crew cab 4x4 with a power wagon package. Yep. And I think, uh, at least last year, the power wagon package was around 8000 mm-hmm. Maybe now it's a little bit more. Uh, but you're right. Actually, government buys a lot of those trucks for like Border Patrol, And Forest Service. Forest Service. Yeah.
0: So I actually talked to a Forest Service guy, and Uh he said that they are over the moon with the Ram. They find it one of the most reliable trucks that they've ever had for the Forest Service. This is coming directly from one of the guys who had no reason to back them because the Forest Service also buys from Ford. Yeah. So they, they were really leaning heavily towards Ram. But he could be a Ram fan. Who knows?
1: So then, of course, the Super Duty Tremor came, So mm-hmm. let's and they stepped up the tire game. Yes, they did. Uh, they said, okay, we'll see your 33s, and we'll raise you a 35.
0: Which is better, but I still think a little too small.
1: Uh, so basically, the, the, the dimension on the Ford tire is 285-75R18, mm-hmm. uh, measures almost 35 inches, but still a little bit narrow, 11.2 inches.
0: Yeah, but it's basically the same tire as the Power Wagon, isn't it?
1: Well, it's almost two inches taller. No,
0: no, I mean in terms of the brand.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a track. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the, the the
0: tread design and everything else is pretty much the same, yeah. but its physical dimensions are different.
1: And then, of course, Ford also has a solid front axle mm-hmm. and, of course, solid rear axle. Uh, but they also went, like you said, with an F-250, F-350 lineup. So they're offering a package on a variety of different configurations. That's correct. Because they also wanted to offer a lot of towing and payload capability. Which
0: is something they've also outdone Ram on. I would say that Ram is sort of, well, not sort of, I think that they're lagging in the towing and hauling category because of their suspension setup. And frankly, Ford saw that and said, okay, we can make a truck that tows a little bit more and hauls a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about powertrains in a second. But... Uh, let's let's go over quickly the towing number on the Power Wagon, mm-hmm. which has been a complaint of many owners Guess for a while. Is. Yeah. Uh, the Power Wagon is rated to tow up to ten thousand five hundred twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. So that's basically a half ton territory. That's
0: that's a beefy half ton. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you get that Tradesman Power Wagon package, the base truck, mm-hmm. you get just under three th- three thousand pounds of payload. But if you get a more fancy Power Wagon, the power the Payload goes down significantly. It does.
0: And a lot of that has to do with the components of the interior and other stuff that you've got on the truck. So.
1: So, so, yeah. So, people wanted a little bit more towing. And Ford gave it to them when they came out with their truck, what, three to four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford uh, tow rating right now for 2023, which is the next generation of the Tremor. Is eighteen thousand two hundred pounds.
0: That is absolutely out of you know totally in a different realm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can you could tow a a larger uh, RV behind you, a larger trailer, maybe with some, maybe even for work, you can tow more. That is correct. And about three and a half thousand of payload. So payload is still pretty good, uh, but they're offering two engines. Yeah. Still, even for twenty twenty three model year, it's the Godzilla. Mm -hmm. The 7.3-liter V8 versus the 6.4 Hemi um, in the power wagon. Mm -hmm. And then now (laughs) their high-output power stroke. And that's where the
0: big difference truly is, because that power stroke is ridiculous in terms of... Didn't the 7.3 gas engine recently get a little bit of an update, too?
1: Yeah. So for 2023, like uh, we were just saying... Uh, it's an updated truck. Mm -hmm. They're calling it all new. Uh, We haven't driven many of them yet. I drove one version of this uh, new Super Duty so far. They upped the torque on the Godzilla engine Mm -hmm. to 485 pound-feet of torque.
0: Which is more than the competition on both ends.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's more than the GM gas engine, and Mm -hmm. it's really more than the 6.4 from uh, Ram. That's correct. And then the the numbers on the high-output power stroke diesel in Ford are just out of this league. 500 horsepower and 1,200 pound-feet of... T- 1,200. 1,200
0: foot-pounds of torque.
1: Yes. Oh, uh, damn. And they're not offering their standard diesel in the Tremor package. Yeah. Which also has a lot of torque and a lot of power. Um, so it looks like Ford is going with this two-prong approach still on the powertrains, on the Tremor. Uh, giving you either a very expensive option, because this engine is not cheap. No, it's not. It's about $12,000 option mm-hmm. uh, to get this high-output diesel. Right. But when you do, you check all the boxes, the truck becomes $95,000 plus, Yeah, I think which we'll, is in another realm also.
0: What, we'll, 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 we'll touch on the pricing and, and how that all compares a little bit later too, because there's an awful lot going on with that. Uh, but, but what about the General Motors setup? Because that that's an interesting zone itself. It kind of goes between underneath the ram and then over the ram in certain ways. So let's talk about that powertrain.
1: Yeah, so for 2024 model year, which is starting up right now, they're mm-hmm. already on sale. Right. Uh, they're offering two engines. With and also with these offer with packages, right? They're both 6.6 liter displacements, so it's a little confusing talking about that. That is, yeah. So their gas engine is 401 horsepower and 464 pound feet of torque, Uh, and now made it to 10 speed Allison branded transmission. So Mm -hmm. uh, we know. Please don't write more comments about people want us to test a new. 10-speed with the gas engine. Right. We have asked many times. We're begging them. So, so not, well, not quite begging. Them, I, I am be- I'm okay. begging you, General Motors. Okay. Please. Um, we, It's coming soon. Okay. So you will see that engine uh, on our towing tests and our off-road tests uh, just in a couple of weeks. Gotcha. Hopefully a few weeks. Um, and then they have an updated Duramax, too. Mm-hmm. Their V8 diesel. Which is also 6.6 uh, 6 liter. Uh, yeah, it's a 470 horsepower and 975 pound-feet of torque, which is also with a 10-speed. Mm-hmm. By the way, Ford engines are 10-speed, uh, made it to 10-speeds on the right. Ford side. And the Ram is an 8-speed. And an 8-speed ZF, which is actually a good transmission. It's been a very really? solid transmission, yeah. but it
0: also is, I think, a little bit on the older side um, compared to the other transmissions. Uh, Am I Correct.
1: It, it is a little bit, but I, have, I, I, held, I hold ZF transmissions in high regard. I know you do. Um, also, Allison-branded transmissions I hold in high regard because Allison has a long history of transmissions. And, of course, Ford is doing their own design mm-hmm. on their 10-speed. It's in-house, isn't it? Uh, it's in-house built mm-hmm. in design transmission, um, and it's beefy, of course. It's yeah. not the same as an F-150 transmission. No, 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 no. no. It, it's a lot more beefy. Uh, so those are the power options. Uh, and GM also went with a high tow number, eighteen thousand five hundred pounds. That is higher than Ford's. Yeah, I think they were looking at each other, right? Yeah. So I don't I don't know if Ford will update their ratings soon. Uh, they might, but um, we're talking about the same realm. And payload on the GM trucks is also between about thirty three and thirty four hundred pounds. Gotcha. On their off road packages.
0: So it's there's really two different games right now. There's the old and reliable Ram which comes with one engine, one transmission option. And then you have both General Motors and Ford, and they are essentially new, or they've recently been updated, and they have two different powertrain options. And both of them outperform the Ram in terms of towing and
1: payload. Yes. But there's more. There is more. Because Ram, of course, was looking at this, Mm -hmm. and they said, well, how about we do a heavy-duty Rebel truck? So we need to also bring this in here. Um, because they wanted to combine also diesel availability, Mm -hmm. their Cummins, with the off-road ability, and also payload and towing.
0: Now, this is interesting because this is something that you and I got a chance to see firsthand at the Texas State Fair, and that's where they did the official unveil of it, and Andre got a chance to do a really good walk-around interview Mm -hmm. um, with the head honcho. Yeah, that was Mike Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and during that interview, we learned an awful lot. For one thing... This, don't think of this as a power wagon with a diesel because it's not. It's actually something a little bit different because there's different components in the vehicle in order to allow for it to be a diesel. Uh, One of the reasons, and this is what Ram has said repeatedly, one of the reasons why they don't put the diesel in the Ram is because packaging and cooling.
1: Yeah, and they've said it for decades, I think. I mean, we've kept asking. For a long time. Um, So what they told us before is that, the straight-six diesel, right? It's mm. the 6.7-liter Cummins. Cummins. Yeah. Um, it, the engine is tall, and it's also pretty long mm-hmm. longish. Um, and because the, they um, offer a standard power wagon winch on the power wagon, and because they want more articulation in the front axle, they haven't been able to package the diesel engine with the power wagon suspension. And that's exactly what they said. Well, <laughs> But how did Ford do this, and how did... Am I spitting on you? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I I, I have an eyelash in my eye. I'm I'm getting... Unless you somehow
0: (laughs) shot an eyelash in my eye, everything's fine. Sorry. No. um, So what they did to to fix this problem was they offered a different truck, and that is the Ram Rebel Heavy Duty.
1: Yes. And so it's basically... Think of the Ram Rebel Heavy Duty as uh, their standard Heavy Duty 4x4, but it's, you know, with a few upgrades, basically. That's right. of course, off-road capable tires. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I had a chance to drive it on the first drive in California, yeah. where, where Ram had this event. And they took us on a pretty gnarly trail, and it did it. The Ram Heavy Duty uh, Rebel is still quite capable. I don't, you know, it's not gonna crawl about uh, around as many rocks as the power wagon would because of clearances, mm-hmm. some of the clearances, but it's still super capable.
0: Right, rear locker on that one? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's not, not, not a, a front, front locker. locker right.
1: And also, you know, what I was hoping Ram would do, and I think they're probably working on this, mm-hmm. I was hoping the new Ram Heavy Duty Rebel would become the current power wagon in capability. Mm-hmm. And the new power wagon would just crush everybody with bigger tires and just... Uh, more power, perhaps, or something. More power or some, some other quality. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I, no, I know what you but mean. But that hasn't happened yet. And it hasn't happened, no. exactly. Uh, But the heavy duty Rebel um, is able, the gas version of it was able to tow up to 16,870 pounds, almost 17,000. And the diesel HD Rebel uh, will tow up to about 15,000 pounds. uh, And the payload ranges between about 2,000 pounds for the diesel version of the Rebel to about 3,100 pounds for the gas version. Okay, now this is math
0: that I'm not really accustomed to because I'm looking at numbers that show that the gas. Engine is going to be able to tow more
1: than the diesel. That is what this is saying, and I think you know what the reason is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the weight of the truck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because so Ford and General Motors have been playing this interesting game. You know how three quarter ton truck twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. There, there used to be a kind of a agreed on limit on gross vehicle weight, sure. which was 10,000 pounds and still is. Okay. But what GM did in 2020 when they introduced the new generation of the heavy-duty trucks, they said, you know what? On a 2,500 truck, we'll raise our gross vehicle weight rating to 11,000 or maybe even higher, maybe 11,300 for some versions. Okay. And that will give us a, little bit, a lot more payload, actually, because you're increasing your gross vehicle weight. That's true. And also, potentially, gross combined weight could increase as well Mm -hmm. for towing. But Ram kind of has stuck to their guns, and they kept it capped at 10,000 pounds for their 2,500 series tracks. Gotcha. So I think that's kind of preventing them from adding more payload to their heavy-duty Rebel, and also preventing them also maybe from tuning it to uh, tow more. Okay. Which is kind of
0: odd. It is kind of odd. I have a feeling they're going to do an about-face. Uh, especially as time goes on and these trucks are, you know, at least on paper, outperforming them. Because it is about paper for a lot of consumers out there, right? I mean, you're looking at your what your vehicle can tow or how much torque it has, and then suddenly it's like, well, wait a minute, uh, I have more than you. And that actually matters to an awful lot of people out there, and I have a feeling that Ram's going to eventually look at that and go, mm, we're going to have to make some changes.
1: What if you could have a career
0: where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
1: So then um, let's talk a little bit more about suspension on, yes. the, on the GM trucks, right? Uh, because, so what is the reason why uh, somebody would buy a heavy duty off road truck? Why don't they buy something mid size? Or a half ton. Yeah. I, I think it's really about capability for towing and payload. That
0: really is what it comes down yeah. to. Uh, because otherwise, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you're buying a much larger vehicle that. Much would, more expensive vehicle. Yeah, a lot more expensive, and it's a heavier vehicle, meaning that, that it that already compromises it a little bit off road. And, you know, Frankly speaking, these are difficult vehicles to pilot around obstacles and whatnot. So you have to have a trade-off. And usually that has to do with somebody saying, okay, I want to be able to tow a lot more or haul a lot more.
1: Yeah, so uh, I visited with uh, one of the engineers on the uh, Chevy performance side uh-huh. of uh, froding, uh Tim, Tim Dimitrio. He showed me around the Bison uh, Silverado heavy-duty truck. Um, and they gave it an one and a one-and-a-half-inch lift yeah. uh, over the standard, as if the standard truck wasn't tall Did enough. Did they
0: level it, or they actually give the whole thing a lift?
1: I asked about this, and the whole thing was lifted. No kidding. It's not a leveling kit. Um, and they used um, some of the customized front suspension components to mm-hmm. give the front a lift. Yeah. And the rear is, is kind of a puck. Ah. So it's, there's basically a spacer in the back for mm. the uh, leaf spring. Gotcha. And they still stayed with the leaf spring. Okay. So Ram is using coils. That's right. Um, And that's kind of why they don't have a lot of payload or towing, because their suspension is softer. It is a lot softer, yeah. So I I don't know how this will ride. We we haven't driven this yet.
0: Well, if this is a ZR2, then does it have spool valve? Yes. 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 (gasps) Oh, the new shocks. Actually, Andre and I are huge fans of this shock absorber. This is not your regular, you know, bypass simple setup this is a proper multitasking shock absorber and it is something that they're using on their mid-size full-size and now heavy-duty trucks
1: yeah and immediately i um, came up to tim i'm like so did you include the diameter of this shock he's like no and, what? and i was like whoa and they're like they're like, the, the shocks are super capable. They're, they're changing, of course, the valving and some of the tuning mm-hmm. inside the shock. But the body is still, I think it's about 40 millimeters diameter, which is what, like two and a half-ish um, inch, inch diameter for the it's shock. Not very big for a heavy duty uh, truck. This truck could weigh over 8,000 pounds with a diesel.
0: And they're completely confident that this... Yes. Sh- yeah. So uh, explain how the spool valve works. I mean, it's, 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 it's fascinating tech.
1: Yeah, it's spring-loaded valve. So mm-hmm. instead of in a standard shock, you know, like Fox does this and Bill Stein, right. um, they use shims because the fluid inside the shock, you know, as it passes through, um, you could stack little washers or shims, and you can also have bypasses, like you said, um, to kind of control the damping force, right? Right. Um, and then those shims vary in size and thickness, so you can tune them and you can stack them. Right. Well, the way a spool valve multimatic shock works you control it with a spring. And the spring, and this is Multimatic speaking, because I, th- I talked to those engineers. Right. Um, you, can, you know exactly how spring would behave, right? Because there's science around it. So you can tune that shock, according to Multimatic engineers, a little bit more precisely, rather than stacking shims.
0: But the, and there's more. You you are not adjusting it yourself. It right. adjusts itself. Now, it's that's not just... like a Raptor. Exactly. Whereas the Raptor, you you can click around and you can adjust it. This one pretty much figures out what's going on on its own. And as from our experience, it's worked a treat.
1: Yeah, and and it combines on-road kind of, I would call it precision, mm-hmm. uh, because usually when you get on an off-road truck, and I like this too, uh, like a Raptor or a TRX they feel a little bit like trophy truck. You know, it leans and it kind of, it the has that suspension kind of Suspension's got a
0: little bit more of a dip to it. Yeah, yeah. It, it
1: has some give. And and it feels okay. It mm-hmm. feels good because you, you know you're in the big truck. Right. But the way DSSVs feel at, least feel, at least in the 1500 trucks and the Colorado trucks that we've driven, they're a little bit more precise. Mm-hmm. There's not as much of wallowing. Um, and then, of course, off-road, They change their behavior, right? Because the speed changes and everything else.
0: Yeah. And so it's a completely different science. Now, earlier uh, with the Colorado, first gen Colorado with that suspension, there were a bit of, uh, there were some issues in terms of where the shock was actually located because it was low and the way it's shaped it actually would catch on things this is according to certain people i never experienced this but i can looking at it you can definitely see that so they've actually changed the location of where these things would go so they're more up and out of the way so to speak
1: yeah it's basically mounting the shocks inside of the frame rails Mm -hmm. or versus outside of the frame rails right and it has to do with packaging because of course the tire is there the leaf springs may be in the way. right? So General Motors is playing around with this. Mm-hmm. On a new Colorado ZR2 that we've driven recently, uh, they put the shocks outboard of the frame and tucked them close to the tires, which everybody prefers. Yep. Um, Ford did this with a new Ranger mm-hmm. across the board, actually. Yeah. Um, but on this truck, they're still kind of hanging down. So there could be some clearance problem because on the, the new GM heavy-duty off-road trucks, the shock is still inboard of that frame.
0: Gotcha. So the suspension system, I, I think Andre and I both agree, is kind of a fire-and-forget type system. It's simple to use. There's nothing to it, really. Uh, but, of course, the question is, some of you guys do prefer you know, having the ability to tune your shocks as you go. So that's not what this does.
1: Right. And there's no valves you can reach nope. underneath. And, Nothing like uh, that. Uh, Or any buttons to push right. uh, for that. Uh, the new GM trucks do have a rear locker, but not a front locker. So Ram Power Wagon is still, you know, true, you know, front and rear locker, Front and rear disconnecting Disconnecting uh, anti-sway bar. We have to mention this. Yes. Because Power Wagon does offer that.
0: Which allows for better articulation up front, and the, which is the whole point of it. And the only other vehicle off the top of my head that really does that is uh, Jeep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so there have been issues with the actual unit, the disconnecting because it's automatic.
1: You know, you hit a button and it'll actually do oh, it. Oh, uh, now Bronco does that too. Oh, Bronco does this. that. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. And the Bronco unit works a little bit more smoothly. Mm-hmm. That's after. what I hear. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've never actually used it, even though I've driven several Broncos, but I don't think it's in any of the Ford pickups,
1: as far no, as I know. because a lot of the Ford pickups, uh, other than the Super Duty, have independent front suspensions, right? Right, and right. And it just works a little bit and differently. And in the
0: Super Duty, the, the Tremor does not have a disconnecting front sway bar as far as I know. R- right, right. Now, the General Motors, this is the only one amongst the three that has an independent front suspension.
1: Yeah, and this, you're probably typing already into the comments section. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has an independent suspension. That means it sucks. Well, mm-hmm. we'll have to drive it and find out. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of controversy. So I did this video... On the new ZR2 Bison. By the way, the Bison parts, we'll we'll go over the bumpers in a a second. That's, that's, uh, yeah. Um, If you turn the tire, uh, there are some bump stops in the front of the new GM heavy-duty off-road trucks. Mm -hmm. And they looked like they were almost, with the truck standing still, they're almost contacting the rear control arm. Okay. So people started writing us questions. You guys said, that means there is no travel. If the bump stop is already attached... uh, connecting to the rear arm, how is it going to articulate?
0: Right, without just slamming into that thing.
1: Right. So Tim and team uh, answered. So I just wanted to reiterate that answer. They basically said, well, think about um, like a pendulum effect, right? Mm -hmm. The bump stop is actually closer to where it hinges, right? So the travel there is very, very small. On the end, by the wheel, there's a lot of travel. Right, because it hinges right here. The cantilever. Uh, Yeah, so it still will have, we'll have to test its um, articulation, of course. Oh, we're definitely going
0: to test its articulation.
1: But don't worry, it still has travel. Yeah. (laughs) Even though it looks like it may not have travel.
0: Yeah, between that and the lift, I have a feeling that it's going to uh, exceed our expectations. That's just a guess. They know what they have to compete against. And also remember that the benefits, and it's a really simple thing to, to measure, Like, let's look at the Ford Bronco versus the Jeep Wrangler. Independent front suspension versus solid axle. Off-road, I still think that the solid axle might be a better choice for people who are really serious about going over boulders. However, 99% of what people are doing with those vehicles, a lot of it's on the road. And the independent front suspension offers a better ride and usually better contact altogether on the highway and a smoother ride. And I, I, I stand by that. So if General Motors managed to find a way to do good articulation in a heavy duty truck with an independent front suspension, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree. And of course, GM fans would say, well, G- General Motors has used an independent front torsion suspension for decades. Yes, I have. My, my 2002 uh, Silverado Heavy Duty 2500 had a similar design with torsion. Which is uh, probably bars. the best
0: part of that truck. But it makes it comfier. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, It's the best part of that truck.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. so there is a trade, right? Because what do you want in an off-road truck? You want the tire to always have contact with the ground. Precisely. Right. Yes, independent front suspensions are limited in this, uh, in this um, regard. Mm-hmm. But then you have, the new trucks have, you know, brake distribution and traction control systems sure. that start braking the wheels that spin. Just
0: like the midsize and, and uh, half tons.
1: So, so there's other, there are other ways t- uh, to control this. Right. But you might be wondering also, what are the differences between the AEV editions of these new General Motors trucks versus the standard ones?
0: Right, and there are some differences that we need to note.
1: Yeah, and usually when you talk about the Bison truck or an A V edition uh, for the GMC lineup, you're talking about really the underbody protection and bumpers, mm-hmm. and also winches. Winches. Yes, because Ford Super Duty Tremor finally offers a winch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't available As in the an first option. year. It's yeah, an option. It's yeah. an option. Uh, power Wagon has had a winch since standard, birth, almost. standard, yeah. And now General Motors says, okay... If you do want a winch, uh, don't buy the standard ZR2 or the standard 84 x Step up to the AEV editions of those trucks. Mm-hmm. And with that comes big bumpers. Right. Steel bumpers.
0: Which look really good. I'm sure they're incredibly functional. I've said it before. AEV builds really good equipment. However, mm-hmm. there are some things that you need to keep in mind in terms of what you might lose. So... One of the things that Chevy did in the early days with their ZR2 version of the Colorado first gen was they did a cutout of their front bumper, allowing the your front tires to meet the rock quicker. Now, it wasn't your entire approach angle improved, but it was the approach angle of your tire. So you could put it onto that rock or that obstacle that much easier mm-hmm. without it being slammed into the bottom of the truck or the front of the truck. Yes. And that was one of the cool things about their bumpers. And that is what they've done throughout the ZR2 lineup. However, if you get the AEV AEV version of the bumper... Or the Bison. Or the Bison, you are suddenly losing that. There's still a cutout to a degree. It comes up, but it's not quite as aggressive as the setup is on the regular ZR2. And for some of you out there, that actually might matter.
1: And also, a couple other things happen when Mm -hmm. you do this. When you step up to the Bison or the AEV, um, first of all, the bumper is heavier. Yes. It's larger, right? It's really beefy. But but it's meant for, you know, it's okay if you come in contact with maybe a rock face or some other obstacle, and this bumper won't easily dent. I mean, it's really strong, but it does weigh a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's one item. And we actually recently put an AV bumper on our Ram project truck. That's right. And, well.
0: and that changed an awful lot. And on top of that, we put a winch up there as well. Yeah. So between the two things hundreds of pounds of extra weight on top of what the, or next to what the original bumper weighed. But we gained a lot of functionality. However, once again, you do lose a few things. So in our case, this bumper is great for everything, but the approach angle is suddenly diminished slightly because the winch is up there and the the whole mount and everything. So that takes away a little bit of your approach angle, but it's really not that bad. Another thing, if I can go into it, is the rear bumpers. Once again, AEV makes super, super beefy rear bumpers. They do. And they are great for utility with one exception. So one of the things that General Motors pioneered, they were one of the early adopters of this, was a bumper where you could use it also as a step. It had a little uh, carve area where you could put your foot in there and step into the rear of the truck. And yep. I really like that. It was like three or four inches lower than stepping on the very top of the bumper. And they have that uh, pretty much throughout all their GM trucks, uh, pickup trucks. Except... If you get the AEV bumper, and I think it's because of strength, they actually cover that spot. So you cannot use it, thus you're losing that. So that's the negative. So I'm pretty sure that the positive is if you're serious about off-roading, you can do without some of these things perhaps. But the other side of it is if you're going to really use your vehicle as a utility vehicle and you have to crawl back there from time to time, having those cutouts is kind of important. So keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, of course, General Motors also has a multi folding tailgate. Mm-hmm. So, if that works for you, let's say you're not towing, you can unfold the tailgate into a step sure. and use that to climb inside. But uh, some people
0: don't want to open the tailgate for various reasons. and They just want to Yeah, hop or
1: if there's a trailer there, for example. Right, right? Exactly, exactly. So, those are the trade offs. Uh, although the AV bumpers have a lot of features, there are cutouts for lights, mm-hmm. there's also cutouts for factory. Um, park sensors, right? So right. you're not losing any features. Right? No, I mean, technolo- lo- technology features. None of
0: those are going away.
1: And also, really heavy duty uh, recovery points. Right. right, front and rear. Um, so that's really great. Also, you're gaining uh, underbody protection right. uh, for a lot of the um, AEV trucks. And
0: that to me is the big selling point, more so than the bumpers, because they are covering the parts of the truck you really want covered
1: yeah and actually uh this video hasn't published yet but i recently took uh we had a chevy silverado 1500 zr2 bison mm-hmm. remember we did a podcast about this yes we did um i actually took it to the ironclads off-road trail mm-hmm. uh, this was just a couple of days ago uh, and i was impressed first of all uh well i i can't talk about the entire video otherwise you won't watch it mm-hmm. but i never scraped uh actually I did scrape, and when I did scrape my underbody skid plate, I was not scared because I knew that was so tough that it would not damage the truck.
0: Is that part made out of boron?
1: That was boron. Yeah. Boron steel. Boron steel. By the way, you know what? Uh, There is no boron on a heavy duty truck. Uh, I asked about this. Uh, It is uh, steel uh, bash plates, Mm -hmm. uh, skid plates underneath. But um, also, they don't have a fuel tank skill plate. Really? Because uh, partially they're worried about weight. Oh. Um, and, you know, there are other considerations. So, boron still makes the skid plates a little bit thinner, a little bit more lightweight. Um But for the heavy-duty truck, maybe because of production constraints or other considerations, um, these have standard steel plates.
0: Right. Okay, I'm a little disappointed about not having uh, protection under the gas tank. Yeah. Honestly,
1: but I'm sure there's some technical reason for that. And by the way, you could add your own. Sure. Well, obviously. But but this is the whole point of the truck. Right. You're buying a turnkey solution to a truck to end all trucks. Right, and
0: suddenly not being able to completely protect it right out of the factory when other ones, well, that's a little bit of an issue.
1: Yeah, but this truck, you know, will go into a hurricane-destroyed area. It will help people. You know, that's kind of the character of this truck, right? Right, gotcha. So uh, so that's what you're gaining with the Bison. And it also costs money. By the way, we don't have the final pricing on the new heavy-duty Bison or AV. It's going to be
0: expensive.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't su- be surprised if the diesel versions would be pushing 100K. Yeah. God. Remember the light-duty Bison? was $84,700. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's yeah, right. With we had funds. Yeah. yeah. So you're adding size, you're adding a diesel engine. Right. That will increase the price probably I'm, to 100K. Yeah,
0: I'm, or, or in that realm, I'm, I'm sure it will. So uh, let's take a little bit of a break from this. We'll come back to it, but I think we should talk about a question that came up recently from yeah. one of our Patreons.
1: This is Dan. Dan's been supporting us for 10 months He's been a solid supporter. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate it. Yeah. So Dan actually does not have a heavy-duty question. He has a mid-size question. Okay. So he says, uh, I just read your post about some of the teasers on the new Tacoma. Uh, He's talking about the 2024 model. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, what do you guys think? Because the rest of the segment seems to be uh, paring down to only the crew cab with a short bed, while the Tacoma is still going to offer because you know they tease those cab sizes yes they did he's still going to offer a couple different cabs and couple different bed lengths that's right um what do we think i think that toyota was really smart by
0: doing that and i think that um, general motors may have put themselves in a little bit of a corner by not offering that i know they're saying look if you want a different a longer bed just get a bigger truck That's what Ford is now saying, too. Right. So, it's... To me, I'm scratching my head. Actually, so does Jeep. That's what they do with their um, Gladiator. Yeah. Jeep only has one configuration. Yeah, Yeah. That's it. One configuration. So... Yeah, a lot of people are paring down. I think that Toyota is very smart by doing this. And remember, there's something very important to, to re- gauge everything that Toyota is doing right now. And I know I sound like a Toyota fanboy, but as you guys know, I have preferences going in all directions. Toyota has been in this game for a long time. They have led the segment with midsize trucks forever, and they, they know what they're doing. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one and say, look, they, they're smart. And they figured that there's more configurations, meaning more people are going to be interested in their trucks because there's more selection.
1: Yeah, uh, and they also sell a lot. So last year they sold about 220,000 Tacomas Mm -hmm. in the United States alone. And that
0: wasn't even their best year.
1: No, no, no. because of COVID and other reasons, Mm -hmm. um, that was a little constrained. Right. Um, And then around the world, the Hilux is one of the best selling vehicles period. Mm-hmm. I mean there's only like the RAV4 I think outsells it or maybe the Civic. Uh I mean the Hilux is a brother, the cousin to the Tacoma.
0: It is a cousin to the Tacoma and it's been around for years and years. In fact, the US had the Hilux just for a little tiny bit of time. And the Hilux is it, it is a it's actually a different platform I believe too. But we don't know what's going to happen when I the think Toyota they're emerging changes. a Probably little bit emerging. because
1: because um when I was talking to Mike Swears, you know, the chief engineer for their trucks, mm-hmm. um, he was also mentioning to me that eventually the idea is that, you know, the multi-link coil rear suspension will transition to the high, and globally, right? It will be accepted which, globally. Which makes sense. So yeah, I'm so, so they might be merging in some of their chassis and platforms. And
0: that's a TNGAF platform?
1: Exactly. Right.
0: So yeah. we're probably going to see a lot more. And that, that's actually good for the consumer because the more they can share, the lower their prices could be. Th-
1: Technically speaking. So this is what I see. I see the new Tacoma coming, right, Mm -hmm. later this year. Right. With many configurations, also a hybrid uh, that that Toyota has uh, um, already announced. Um, And then General Motors and Ford may adjust their strategies. That's what I can see. I would agree with you. So if the Tacoma is still really, really successful and GM and Ford are not making inroads into sales, I, you know... GM and Ford can adjust their strategies, I think. They
0: can. And also, remember, the Toyota still offer will be offering a manual transmission. And Ford like, decided not to. Which is strange. A lot of you guys out there were, were sending us emails and texts and whatnot saying, hey, we, you know, the 7-speed that's inside the Bronco, it would fit right inside the Ranger. It seems logical that Ford would do yeah, that because yeah. there is a little bit of a demand. And I agree with you guys, but Ford apparently didn't see it that way. And that kind of makes sense to a certain degree, I suppose, because Ford is already offering three different engines. So maybe they were like, yeah, that's just one step too much. But who knows what they'll do in the future. And we still are anticipating that Ford may have some sort of hybrid up their sleeves in the next couple of years as well. With that being said, Toyota will offer, as far as we know, a hybrid powertrain and then a separate powertrain that'll work with the manual transmission. This is what we're expecting. Nothing's been announced specifically about that, but and, this is logical.
1: And we'll learn about it, you know, of <laughs> course, really b- soon. very, very soon. Yeah. So, um, and also Dan is asking, you know, will there be more affordable midsize trucks because everything is getting more expensive? Jeez. He's, you're absolutely right, Dan. Things are getting more expensive. Yeah. Um, the Rangers now starts at about thirty-four thousand.
0: Yeah, what's the Chevy start at? Thirty-two. Uh
1: thirty-one-ish. Right. So Ford is wh- wh- went way beyond even where the Chevy is, but the I think other the expensive Nissan truck is the
0: most affordable one right now. If uh the configuration It if, might be. Yeah, I, it
1: might be because Chevy's no longer offering a smaller cab. Right. So the Nissan might be actually the, the most affordable. With the king
0: cab, I believe if you get the king cab two-wheel, drive, two-wheel you drive, you can go under 30. I was configuring one when I was looking at my little pickup and it, it looked like a possibility, but it didn't, didn't work out. The not. other
1: truck that's getting more expensive is the Gladiator. Yes. The base, the base one. It's like 42 for base or something, 43? Remember, two years ago, we had this podcast. It was in the 30s. It was like 33 or 34. And that
0: was the one, once again, I was considering. And damn <laughs> you all for your silly price increases. But so, um, yeah, so I think the answer to that question is there is a yes. It can. There are still inexpensive ones, but they're not midsize. They're the small trucks. They're the compact ones that are essentially, you know, car-based or unibody pickups like the Santa Cruz and like the Maverick, and we're expecting other ones to come in the near future. And those can be had for the $20,000 zone, say around 20, around from 24, I think is a good midpoint, maybe 25, realistically. Um, And unfortunately, you know, they're, they're making as many as they can, but I don't think you can even buy a Ford Maverick right now with uh, the base model. I don't think Uh, you uh, you can. They've
1: been hard to find still. Yeah. And they sold like 90,000 of them last year. Right. And the Uh, the least expensive version
0: of the Santa Cruz is around twenty five, twenty six. So they're still out there and they're still affordable, but you're losing a lot of capability buying these smaller ones. So that's something to keep in mind.
1: And I think we can um, end the, the podcast on this note, the price. Right, so we mentioned this already. We talked about how capable the Tremor is, mm-hmm. Super Duty. We talked about how capable the new GM trucks appear to be with payload and towing and their suspension systems. But they're boosting prices because those new features cost a lot of money. Exactly. So so maybe boost- that's the Power Wagon game.
0: Well, that is the, well, they're the value leader, I believe. Yeah. You, because you can see, once again, the tradesman Power Wagon is... Yeah, uh, you know, for the most part, the least expensive amongst these. And then, you know, you have Ford and Chevy kind of duking it out. But then again, you can also get diesel versions of the Ford and Chevy, which are a lot more expensive. And at the end of the day, you know, spending, say, and we're going to have an exact price in about 10 seconds here, but spending a lot less and getting really good off-road capability, but losing out on towing and hauling capacity that's a big question for a lot of you guys. Now, here's my point about the Power Wagon and why I would still buy a Power Wagon, uh, aside from the fact that you, you all know that I'm biased. It's The character of the truck is a little bit different than the character of both the Chevrolet, the GMC, and, of course, the Ford. There's something about the layout and the looks and the driving of the big Ram that makes me like it. Now, the first thing I would do is somehow after I lost all my money buying the truck is I would sell part of the house and try to buy new tires for it because many of you guys who are heavy-duty Ram fans out there agree that 35s or 37s would be much better on a truck like this, and I would agree with you. However, my other point is if you buy the tradesman version of the, uh, what we're talking about like $64,000? I just, I just did this. With the power wagon? I, f- I found it, Nathan. Uh-huh.
1: So I went to RAM website, uh, to the 2023 RAM heavy-duty configurator, mm-hmm. because I, I wanted to see it for myself. The power wagon package on the Tradesman is still 7995 We mentioned $8,000. Yep. Um, it comes with everything we mentioned, you know, the disconnecting sway bar, the suspension, uh, the wheels, the tires, the winch, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um and the final sticker price is drumroll 61,310 now
0: with that, a gas engine with a gas engine and that, but of that's course, all you get of course yes. yes but bottom line that is way less than what Ford and General Motors are offering well, By a just, huge we margin. Just,
1: we just talked about the light duty Chevy Bison at 84000 Exactly. 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 So, so, so and that's the, the game.
0: But once again, I'm the value guy. I always go for the cheapest thing I can possibly get. I try to save the money. So that's one of the reasons why I would get that power wagon. If you're going up to the Chevrolet, GMC, and the Ford, you're spending a lot more money. Am yeah. I correct?
1: Yeah. And we will. We don't know exact pricing, like we said. Uh, we will find out that shortly on the heavy-duty um, trucks from those guys. Let me paint it in red. <laughs> so I'm still configuring <laughs> Andre's
0: playing with the configurator, and he's actually found yes. he red
1: for free. <laughs> red was free. Yeah. No bed liner.
0: Who needs a bedliner. Come on. You know, I was talking okay, to uh, yeah.
1: Nina Barlow. Uh-huh. You know, she works yeah, a lot of Jeeps N- and Nina Nina's
0: a friend of TFL's and she is one of the most capable off road guides I've ever met.
1: Yes, and she actually owns an older version of the Power Wagon. I think hers is like 2016. Yeah, with model.
0: the, with the uh, old transmission in it. I think it was yeah. like
1: a six speed. It something. was a six speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's, she beat the bejeebies out of this truck. Uh, she put it on 35s, and she actually removed one of the resonators in the back.
0: That's right. I remember that. To make it more
1: throaty. Yeah, and it sounds dynamite. And it's still really reliable for her.
0: Yeah, she hasn't had any mechanical issues with it. I think she burst a shock or something or had to replace the shocks because of something like that, which is no surprise given what she does. But for the most part, this thing's been a tank. And it's one of the reasons why I've been kind of keeping an eye on what she's doing with it, because every once in a while she'll post it on social media. And it's like... (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know what you guys are saying. Why did you buy a Santa Cruz when you could... A- yeah, because it's half the price of this. That's why. I don't have money. I, I couldn't buy this. But I would if
1: I could. I really would. Yeah, totally, totally. So, so maybe that is the game, and maybe that's the card that Ram is playing. Yeah. Because affordability card is a very important tool. It is. Um, even though the other trucks may have diesels, they may tow more, they may have bigger tires. Uh, they cost a lot more. That's the bottom line.
0: They do, and um, I'm looking forward to getting my free lime green Power Wagon with big Power Wagon written across the side of it on 37s, coming to me free from Ram because I just gave them a ringing endorsement. Whoa! I'm kidding, guys. This is what but everybody assumes. Like, oh, you got paid to say oh, that. Oh yes, yeah, for no, sure. No, I didn't get paid. It's just I really like the truck. Blah blah blah. Actually, I really like the Tremor as well, but I thought that the ride on the uh ram was a little bit better remember that when we were kind of testing the two of them Mm -hmm, mm right yeah i thought the ram's ride was a really good compromise as well but that's a whole different story anyway guys thank you very much for joining us i'm curious to which one you would pick now i know we didn't have the pricing for the other ones but that's unfortunately we don't have any of the gm pricing available yet but i think andre's point of them being close to 100k I think it's for, diesel. For, for diesel. diesel. for the diesel. For the diesel is pretty valid. And we do have something here, though. You were going to bring up the uh, um, I'm one trying final to, thing.
1: I'm trying to build the most affordable Tremor Super Duty. Uh-huh. Um, they also have something new for 2023 model year. They're calling it simply the off-road package. Okay. So if you are bu- budget-minded, mm-hmm. uh, if you're looking at the power wagon, maybe, you could select a gas-powered Super Duty crew cab. Off well, the package, package, which is more affordable, but on smaller tires. Right. It doesn't have everything the Tremor has. Uh, but still, that's an option for you.
0: Yeah, that is a rear locker, though, a part of that package, I believe. I believe right? so, yes. Yeah. But it's on 33s.
1: Mm-hmm. So once again, a little bit less capability, but more affordable. Yeah. Uh, so so you're looking at this Super Duty, and you're trying to find four. the most...
0: Sorry, guys. It's Andre enjoys... And I, I, I'm 30s. trying to this build... This is what he does during his lunch well, breaks.
1: He he goes through there, and he's... Or at night,
0: also. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm sure
1: your wife was thrilled.
0: Get off that computer.
1: Also, the FX4 is still around. So yeah. Ford has a lot of choices, actually.
0: They, they have the most choices, I would say, in terms of all the packaging they do and all the different packages you can get. That's for sure.
1: So I built a Tremor. I tried to do XLT, gas-powered, 7.3 liter, kind of the, more of the basic, uh, quiet basic truck. And, whoa, 60,780.
0: How did you get that so cheap?
1: It's an XLT Tremor.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I take it back. But tri- no winch. No winch, and also no front locker.
1: Right. Yeah. So the, so the power still, wagon is still for the same price yeah. in the low sixty. But
0: to be fair, Ford actually undercut that price by a little tiny bit. So I I, I still stand by that I'd probably get the Ram, but the Ford, considering what you're getting for the pa- for the money, and I believe with uh, certain numbers that are better. That is impressive.
1: So, okay, uh, just because we're here, let me get a Lariat, Okay. Uh, so a little bit more fancy mm. Ford uh, with a tremor package and a high-output diesel, okay. just to double-check ourselves, okay. right? Because you're probably saying, oh, Ford is now very expensive, I mean, very uh, affordable. Right. Uh, so the high-output diesel is $12,495. Um, you are getting 500 horse. You're getting all that stuff. Yeah, you're getting super power. Then you go down here and you select Tremor Package uh, with a Sport Package discount. So it's loading up, loading up. And I'm not choosing any other options. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's $6,115.
1: Yes, on top of the diesel. Right, gotcha. And I'm not, no bed liner, nothing. Mm -hmm. Just a diesel, Lariat, 4x4 Tremor, with a sport package. Okay. So let's get to
0: pricing on this Drum one. roll,
1: 84245 That's a lot more expensive. Yeah. And we're not talking about additional accessories. Yeah, and you, you didn't go for and a luxury no edition or anything and, else. And no winch. Right, right. So, yeah, these prices can go way, 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 way higher. Right. And
0: then some of you would argue, yeah, but the diesel is so much more capable. And you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, towing, hauling, efficiency, all that. But... You know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to what you can actually afford and what you can really afford over the long term. I try to look at the long game. I like to have vehicles actually paid off before the warranty falls apart. Um, And so a couple of years. Wishful thinking. Yeah, it's wishful thinking. So I try to, you know, do it within the next, you know, two years, three years at the most. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because, you know, you're you're paying a lot of interest and all that stuff. But on these super expensive trucks, an awful lot of people go and buy them. And, you know, they're paying heavy, heavy payments. Or seven,
1: eight-year loans, Exactly.
0: It's huge loans with tons and tons of interest. So, but that's a whole different story. That's a different podcast right there. So, bottom line is that they all compare in different ways. They all have their pluses and minuses. If I were someone who could build my very own special Nathan truck, Mm -hmm. it would probably have a lot of the running gear out of the um, Ram in terms of the axles. It would have the suspension out of the General Motors products. I love that sport. Oh, the oh, shocks? Yes, okay. the shocks. It would have the engine transmission out of the Ford.
1: So like a Turducken uh, yeah, off-roader. that's exactly it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Would be, if I could do it my yeah, own yeah, dream well, world, no. wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. There you go. It's all how, solved.
1: How would you build your truck? Let us know.
0: And then I'd freak people out by taking a Nissan... Uh, Logo? Like, yeah, XD. And, and, no, just the, the body and chassis and put it on top of that. <laughs>
1: Nobody would be able to with a Cummins it. logo on top of
0: it? something so, not even that. Just just wow. V eight whatever. It'd just freak people out. That that is crazy. Yeah, wouldn't that be an awesome? Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, see? I,
1: I like it. That's how I roll. I like it. Thank you. All right. Well thanks for joining <laughs> us. We'll see you next time. And uh yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks
0: guys. We'll see you next week.